welcome to another episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. Another week, another pod, and I'm so happy to have you all here for it. You know what? It's been an awesome start to the month. I'm recording this on a Monday night and feeling really good because I am full of delicious vegetarian ramen because I was celebrating after giving a really cool tech talk to a women in computer science and engineering group. I My day job is in technology and it was super cool because I gave them a really neat 30-minute talk on how to get involved in user experience and I totally am not somebody who likes talking in front of people, believe it or not. Um, and I hyped myself up with some Lizzo in the car. I'm pretty sure that cured my nervousness slash anxiety with public speaking. So I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Lizzo has some curative powers with her music. Highly recommend it. Hype yourself up. I'm going to do that going forward when it comes to talking in front of people. It's a lot easier to just talk to you all through the mic. It's it's different. I don't know. It works. But between Lizzo and the subject focused on helping educate and support non-men in technology, that, that shit's really important. And I'm really glad that I was a part of it and that I could give this talk to a group of people who were really interested and excited. And yeah, you know, it doesn't always have to be in music and in independent media. Sometimes you can really build up opportunity and foster that in other career paths and stuff. So, hey, you don't have to be in music to help support other voices entering and succeeding in other career fields. So, I don't know. That was just something cool I'm really hyped on and excited about. So, yeah, it feels good. See what you can do for the communities and circles you're in. I think it's meaningful and it's important. But, yeah. Anyway, October. October is jam-packed with incredible releases, and this week's guest is no exception. I'm joined by Robin Edwards, also known as Lisa Prank. Robin is a gifted solo musician who has crafted some of the most emotional and engaging music out there over her career. She's sharp in real life and in her songwriting, where she's really exposed her real-life experiences in her latest record, Perfect Love Song. The album dropped just last Friday, and it feels as much as a confrontation of past pain as much as it is a declaration of self-love. And Robin shared all that went into it. So with that, let's hear some more of Lisa Prank and then get into the interview. Feels like we're 
to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. Robin, how are things going? Um, they're good. I'm uh, just drinking some coffee in my room today, cleaning, and I, I just uh, watched the first season of this TV show called Unreal. Um, so I'm really into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. What a chill day. Yeah, it's great. That's so good to hear. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about your project, Lisa Prank. It's amazing. Um, I actually saw you play, I think it was, gosh, about like four or five years ago in Chicago. Um, I think it must have been right around when Adult Teen came out. So it's really cool to meet you after all this time. Um, that's so cool. Was that at Beat Kitchen or was that somewhere else? I know. Was it Empty Bottle? You were playing with Taco Cat. Yeah, that show was amazing. It was. It was so good. I think that was, that was the first time I think I had heard you, too. And I was just like, this is an amazing artist. I'm obsessed now. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to kind of get to know you and learn more about you and your music. To kind of kick things off, how did you kind of first get involved in music? Um, I was a big fan of music um, ever since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, when I was a teenager, I kind of picked up the acoustic guitar a few times, and I, it never really stuck for me. But then when um, when I was 19, I got an electric guitar for the first time. And that was when I was like, oh, wow, I can learn power chords and put a distortion pedal on this, and it will sound good. <laughs> um, and so I, um, my best friend at the time and I uh, started a band that 
played around for a few years and that was um we kind of both didn't know how to play our instruments and she played the drums and we just kind of learned together um by practicing so that's how I got into music that's awesome did you have a band name for that project called lust cats of the gutters oh my gosh I love it (laughs) that's such a great name That's so cool. Um, Were there any like artists or musicians that like got you really excited and made you decide, hey, I want to play guitar? Um, One of the first artists I remember seeing play that made me feel like that was Jenny Lewis. I saw Mm -hmm. Rilo Kelly as a teenager and um, I think I was like 15 or 16 when I saw Rilo Kelly and I just had never seen anyone who like, I don't know, she just seemed very accessible and cool and like like me kind of and I, I hadn't I hadn't really seen um someone play music a woman play music even on a on like a stage that was a little bit smaller before and it was really exciting and um I remember after that just being like wow I want to do that yeah definitely I feel like when when you've experienced Jenny Lewis live it's it's pretty life-changing and like her energy is so good because it's like it feels laid back but you can also experience kind of like the intentional side of her music too totally it's it's very intentional and it's very it's it was just a magical experience and I've seen her a bunch of times since then and I'm always inspired by whatever she's doing definitely um so how did you land on uh starting Lisa Prank and that name too it's so, it's so good thank you um I had been well I had been in a few bands when I used to live in Denver mm-hmm. and then um after being in a few bands where it just kind of like either someone moved away or um, people didn't want to tour as much as I did, I kind of wanted to start something that was just mine that I could do just independent of anyone else's schedule or needs or desires. And um, so I I got a drum machine and um, I taught myself to play it, to learn to play it. And I just started writing songs to that. And the, um, and then the name came from, uh, I had been using it as like a tag, you know, like when I was on tour, like in a bathroom or whatever, I would get out a Sharpie and write Lisa Prank. And so that's awesome. Came, I was just like, that's the obvious choice, but now I can't tag it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no more bathroom tagging with Lisa Prank. <laughs> They'd actually be able to track you down. <laughs> that's so funny. I love that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, were you, so you started this before you moved from Colorado to Seattle then, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. Um, what, what brought you to Seattle? Did you just want to try a different environment? Yeah, it was kind of fun and adventure. I, I was in a spot in my life where um, I wasn't in a band anymore and I was in a relationship that had just ended too. So mm-hmm. I felt kind of just uh, like I was in a free fall a little bit. There was nothing. Sure. Really- Colorado for the first time um, in a long time and um, I had friends in Seattle um, the band Taco Cat and Pony Time were like my people that I knew in Seattle mm-hmm. and, um, I got a job working at the film festival here and uh, it was for three weeks and I I was staying here and just like hanging out with everyone and it was Seattle summer so it was like it stays late until like 10 at night and mm-hmm swimming and it was amazing and um uh the members of talk Cat were basically like just stay just stay I feel like they like um they made it so easy for me like they they're like a room is opening up in our house we'll get you a job when the film festival ends and so by the time those three weeks were over 
I had a room in a house and a, a job and so just waiting tables and so I um I went back to Denver and I moved out of the room in the house I lived in and then I, I've been here for five years now. <laughs> That's so awesome though. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it sounds like you kind of went out there to work temporarily and like you found a home and you found friends and a scene at that point. Yeah. It felt very magical. And I had known Taco Cat for years from playing in other bands and touring and stuff. And, um, that's part of the magical part of playing music for me is I feel like I, it, it made me like all the friends that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always meet people on tour and you're like, I, if we lived in the same city, we would be best friends. And yeah. I, uh, see that that was real in real life. You know, <laughs> Definitely. I feel that whenever I meet different people, um, whether it's like I meet them at shows or like, you know, through podcasting and all that stuff. And it's like, I feel like we'd be best friends. And then it's nice whenever you get to actually have that experience of like, oh yeah, no, we actually are. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, my, my impression from those few hours of us hanging out was totally right. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so cool. Um, and you know, your friends ended up really supporting you. It seems like whenever you were ready to start taking Lisa Prank further too, cause you worked with, um, with Taco Cat too, with like, recording adult teen and stuff that's really cool that they were there for you in that process too yeah totally I feel um very thankful of how supportive they've been in my band and yeah like Eric from Taco Cat recorded the first Lisa Prank record and then Brie um plays bass on this new one she plays bass on all the songs that's so cool um how do you feel like your songwriting has kind of developed and changed from like adult teen to now perfect love song I think working with a band changed changed a lot of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I definitely wrote songs in the same way where I um, basically just uh, sitting in my bed, usually um, trying to put some feelings to some chords. <laughs> but um, but uh, working with a band and uh, working with a producer, I worked with um, my dear friend Rose Melberg produced it, and that was a completely new experience for me too. So it, it felt like. Um, it was just a much more collaborative process in recording mm-hmm. and um, it was really magical. That's so cool. And it's nice because it's like you're still working with friends because you had Brie there and then you're able to kind of start to explore this new process for putting together the record. Were you in a studio or were you recording at home? Yeah, we recorded in um, it's a studio called The Vault with mm-hmm. um, Anne Lesage, who is an amazing, amazing engineer and uh, very patient, and, <laughs> and he mixed the record, too. That's so awesome. Um, what was kind of your approach to songwriting on this record? I know you kind of started to describe, you know, you sit down sometimes in your room and just start playing. Yeah, um, with this record, I mean, it's, it feels like it's mostly a breakup record to me. I, I, w- I was like, um, I had a relationship end like very dramatically and mm-hmm. uh, devastatingly. And I also, at the time, at the same time that the relationship was ending, um, I was going through some health problems. So I, I like, I had to have surgery and stuff. So oh wow, like I, I felt very creatively blocked before that. And then once I kind of came out of um, just like both of those kind of crises in my life happening, um, <laughs> that's when I, was able to kind of start writing songs again and I felt really creatively freed up and so some of the songs were written before some of them are like love songs that I wrote um 
long before that, but a lot of them are just kind of like songs that I wrote either while I was in the relationships, like still like kind of like trying to figure out how to leave or um, afterward when I was kind of reflecting on what had happened. So um, that, that, that was kind of the songwriting process for this. And then with the band, it was cool because um, I live, I live with Brie and we share a door. Um, and so, so, uh, working on the songs, I would just like, she would just come into my room and like work on bass parts for it. And that was really cool. And then working with Tom Fitzgibbon, who plays the drums, um, uh, we just kind of would all jam together on the songs and it was really fun and it was just a cool outlet. And I hadn't, um, really played in a, a band like this in a while. And so it was super fun for me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at that point it's like, you're jamming, you're collaborating. Um, did they kind of help you come up with new ideas for how the songs can go throughout that process too? Yeah. Like there, there are moments where, I don't know. Yeah. It, it definitely like, I think playing them a bunch of times with a band before you play it live was kind mm -hmm. of an experience for me. Cause before I would, I would write a song and then I would make the drum machine part. And then it was just kind of, that's the way it was forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So it was kind of, it felt like I could rearrange stuff and things could be a little more fluid. That's really cool. And, you know, that's interesting because I think fluid's a really great way to describe even just the record too, because I don't know, perfect love song kind of feels like it's almost exactly that because it's a perfect love song. It seems like to yourself, there's a lot of like things that you're kind of processing. There's a lot of self care and like reflection and stuff. Um, was that something that you were kind of intending to do with the record? I think it wasn't intentional at first, but that's like a beautiful observation. I love hearing you say that. I, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but um, I, yeah, I think it is. I mean, the calling a perfect love song kind of, it, it felt a little bit ironic to me because it, it was just about this relationship that was just very damaging most of it. But also I think I was, I guess, feeling like that, it, like sometimes the perfect love song is to yourself to leave a relationship that's toxic for you or, um, and also just the idea of, I, you know, I don't think there is a love that's perfect. So mm -hmm. part of it, it for me is, it's kind of that is like sort of reconciling my ideas of what I thought um, love was supposed to be like to what it actually ends up being like in real life. Right. And I feel like so much of your record, you really tackle that and you know, uh, I, I loved work hard for that reason, because that, just that line, love is the job that everyone wants. And the way that you kind of unpack that as like a metaphor and stuff is just stunning because it's true, the way that people kind of treat it. And it is work, any relationship is. Yeah, I, I feel like that too. It's I feel like, I don't know, I want love to be super easy, but it, it does take work to work on something if you care about it. Right, exactly. Because I mean, some parts of it come to us easily, but other parts, it's like you almost have to, it's like, there's maintenance to it, no matter what. Well, and relationships are such mirrors that I feel like being in a romantic relationship just always brings up stuff that's so much more intense than, than anything else to me. Like, sure. Like all these unexpected feelings. So. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like sometimes it's feelings that you've never like explored before or like, you know, it's a different depth of that emotion that 
this person might be bringing out of you and vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. I love how you explore that through your music and stuff. And like, um, a lot of these songs felt like extremely relatable for, for me being somebody who's been in a position of being in like a toxic relationship, like truth about you, like kind of like that whole, like confronting gaslighting and like toxic behavior and stuff and being like, you know, I want to say something and everything was just really powerful for me to hear as a listener. Thank you so much. Yeah. That, that song was like really intense to write. And I feel that it's hard to, it's hard to like know the way that someone treats people in their personal lives versus the way that they act in public. Mm -hmm. uh, Just reconciling those things. It's, it's really hard to be in a position where you just know the way that someone really is and feel like either not so much that you can't say it, but that you, just don't even want to sometimes go through the process of explaining it to everyone what happens, you know? Right. Absolutely. I've, I've been there and I feel like it's, it's a shame because I think sometimes I lean more on the side of not saying anything and just kind of being like, well, I don't want to go through the process of like bringing up all that again and going through whether or not people believe that experience. It's a lot of work. And sometimes like, yeah, it's a lot of work to do that. But it's, it's really, um, it, it, it's very cathartic for somebody like me to hear your way of communicating that. That was really powerful and awesome. And I feel like you do that throughout so many songs on this record. Thank you. That means so much to me. Absolutely. Um, what's a favorite song of yours on this record? What, which one do, would you gravitate toward? That's a good question. How do you choose a favorite star in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> um no i i you know i'm really stoked on the way um uh well one of the ones i'm really psyched on is Tele- telescope was one that for the recording process of it was really magical because that was a song that i had kind of scrapped mm-hmm. and wasn't gonna record and then um it it's in the studio i showed it or before we were going to the studio i showed it to rose and her and i were just kind of working on it and we ended up uh revising it and she co-wrote it with me and that was like the first time I've ever done that really like co-written a song like that that's like really intense about my feelings sure so to me that one's that one's really special because she had such a hand in um in making it what it is um I love how need too much turned out we I love I don't know I love it all I'm really proud of it I, I feel really like out of this record definitely and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because like there's just so much you've done I feel like exploring with your music and stuff it seems like you try different sounds like telescope is definitely a standout on the record because it's just you it's it feels so different in pace and in sound from what the rest of the record sounds like much less most of what you've put out so far so it's really cool that you got adventurous yeah, I feel like we really like took the time. We we were originally gonna do like something like four days in the studio, and then we just ended up doing more and more and more because when we could, because it was just like once we got in there, we realized that we wanted to just like really go for it, and um, yeah, so I it was really fun to explore that, and also just like it feels very vulnerable to me to play a song without drums on it, really. Oh, yeah, definitely, because you normally have at least your drum machine, it seems like, backing you in a lot of your songs. Totally. Um, But, yeah, it was – the process of doing the record was just, like, so fun and healing and magical to me. Like, 
I think that just like, I don't know, working with all my friends in a studio, it was like, like once the process of recording it was over, I was very sad. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, it was so fun. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Cause it's like, you're creating something really special and something that's really important to you. And to kind of have your friends there through that entire process, I'm sure it's got to be just really powerful for you. Yeah, and it was also just felt, I felt like I had just kind of like, it was like the completion of me, like coming out of this like very dark period in my life where I was having a really hard time. And yeah. To the point where I was like recording the record, it, I was, it was like so joyful. It was so fun. Yeah, because it's like you're kind of ending that chapter at that point and you're turning, you know, those probably really hard times for you into something that's like you can still thrive on, you can still be creative with and you know, this is something that you, this is your success at the end of all that struggle. Totally. Yeah, it feels like that. That's so good. What's something maybe you want your listeners to really get out of Perfect Love Song? Ooh, I don't know. I, I mean, the stuff that you articulated makes me so happy. That's like all I want is for if people have also been through a relationship that was like toxic or abusive to feel like, um, I don't know they can get some catharsis from this because I certainly did and um I, yeah I don't know I hope people like it I hope that I hope people relate that's that's all <laughs> really <laughs> I can tell you I definitely can and it seems like a lot of people are getting excited about the record too like what radio just dropped before um recording this and that's really exciting yeah totally I'm stoked to, it's so exciting to have it finally down the world I felt self-conscious for a long time about I feel like the the way that capitalism makes us feel like we have to be constantly producing and releasing stuff, um, <laughs> anxious a lot of the time. And it was like three years in between this record and the last one. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it in the terms of my life, that doesn't seem very long, but in terms of the music industry and just seeing people releasing music so fast, it does feel like a long time. And so it's, it's exciting to just like finally have it out <laughs> almost. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's, it's really silly that we get this like pressure to like deliver like content on a regular basis and stuff for you to be relevant. And it's so good that you took the time to actually like marinate on your art, let it come to you naturally and let it take its course with you and stuff. I feel like that just results in a really powerful record. And that's definitely the case for a perfect love song. Me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've had the pleasure of seeing you live, um, but that was a while back. And, you know, I'm kind of curious for maybe folks who haven't seen you, what's a live show for you usually like? Um, well, it's different now than it used to be. We're getting the full band together. So it's going to be a four piece. Oh, that's exciting. Stoked about. Um, I'm not sure. I wear a crown. <laughs> I love the crown, by the way. <laughs> maybe everyone else will wear crowns. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that would be cool. You could have like a craft party and have everybody make their own crown. Yeah, that would be, that's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I guess I live show, I like it to be fun. Um, I feel like when I put on the crown and uh, play the Lisa Frank part, I feel I feel like I'm a little funnier and more charming than I am when I'm sitting in my bed drinking coffee or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the confidence of the crown amps things up for me. It's like your superpower. It's like, yeah. 
activates your superpowers. <laughs> yeah, I take off the Clark Kent glasses. <laughs> That's so fun though, because it's like you get to kind of like assume that personality and stuff. Um, because uh, from what I've read from what you described and stuff, it's kind of like you get to put on a character for a bit. Yeah, it's funny. I think I, I start, I wanted to call it something that wasn't like Robin Edwards because it, it adds like a little barrier, even though like it is really vulnerable emotional music, it adds like the tiniest barrier in between your <laughs> and your whatever, the, the music itself. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's good, because, I mean, at that point, it's, like, you know, it probably helps you feel like you can separate in some ways. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. I I, I sometimes, like, um, oh, my God, I was, like, getting food a few months ago, and they yelled out an order for Lisa, and I turned my head, and I was, like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't for me. That's funny. Do people call you Lisa sometimes instead of Robin? Sometimes, yeah. I'm down with it. I, I, it's a name I picked, so. That, yeah. I'm happy to go by Lisa or Robin, whatever people want to call me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, because it lets you kind of have, like, dual identity and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, when people are like, Lisa, right? And I'm, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm Lisa. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, one of the questions I always like to ask, like, my different guests on the podcast is, uh, if you could play with any three artists or bands, they can be like on a show with you, for example, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would it be? Um, Dolly Parton is the first one that comes to mind. Ooh, yeah. Like, I just am obsessed with her. She's so good. She's amazing. Uh, okay. Dolly Parton. I get two more. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I guess I'll just I since we already talked about uh, Jenny Lewis, I would have I would have her be on the bill for sure. Ooh, this is already getting so stacked. <laughs> I love it. Holly Parton, Jenny Lewis. Who's the third one? I'm to think. Um, maybe Prince. Oh, I like this. Might as well bring someone back from the dead. And I, I, I think that When You Were Mine is the best song that's ever been written. Absolutely. And <laughs> I, like, I like this lineup that you put together because it's like there are so many like bold personalities here that it's just going to be so much fun. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, that would be incredible. That show would be sold out in like a second. <laughs> oh, no question. You, you probably couldn't even put up a link. People would be like, tickets now. <laughs> worried about raising Prince up from the dead though because I've seen enough horror movies to know that it usually doesn't go how you plan it to go (laughs) yeah we don't want anything bad happening to Prince we just want to borrow him for like a set (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it'd be so sick well I always ask that question because it's like I always end up being shocked by people I see having really awesome opportunities come their way and stuff because like you know they speak into the universe and um, that we probably don't literally want to bring Prince back from the dead. You never know. Maybe Jenny Lewis will pick you up at some point. That would be a, a dream come true. Wouldn't <laughs> it? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm sending all the vibes in the universe. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Um, what's something that you want to do with your project, um, Lisa Prank, that maybe 
you know, you just, uh, sorry, let me try to rephrase that. Um, <laughs> what is something that you want to accomplish with Lisa Frank maybe over the next like year or couple of years that maybe you haven't done before? Well, one of my pipe dreams that I've been talking about for years that I haven't done yet is to have a Lisa Frank TV show. Oh, um, which I actually like wrote a few episodes too, but it, it just hasn't been the right time. You know, I was like making a record and stuff. Yeah. But I want it to be like kind of a, like Pee Wee's Playhouse meets Clarissa Explains It All. Um, and it's like the, the idea is that it's each episode is centered around a feeling. And then I have a guest that's a band and they play a song about the feeling. And then we just do a bunch of sketches about the, the feeling. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun you should do like a youtube channel or something to get it started i feel like i need kind of like uh if you're calling it into the universe i need like someone who's good at uh producing stuff and doing film stuff because that's an area where i really just <laughs> <laughs> but, um, i believe that'll happen someday that's one of my little pipe dreams that would be so cool i would so like subscribe to that no question and like the good thing is, is being in Seattle, you know, there's a lot of really great bands in your area. So you can even start with like your local scene, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be not hard to get, to get bands to play on it. That's so cool. Well, I hope you get your show. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> that would be the coolest thing. I don't see bands do enough of that kind of stuff. Like I've seen a couple of them do like short, like maybe web series or something, um, but never like a show. That would be so cool. Yeah, there was one that Hunks, uh, from Hunks and Spunks did a while ago. That oh, yeah. Called, but it was amazing. There was, like, mm-hmm. I think there was maybe only one episode of it, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, like, it was very cool. I think oh, my gosh. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that you get to be, like, able to do this. That would be so amazing. Someday, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I know you have this really awesome record coming out, but, um, what else do you have kind of going on through like the end of the year, early next year for Lisa Frank? Um, going on a big tour in November and December, like a six week tour. I think it's six weeks. It might be a little bit longer. Oh, wow. Uh, so that, so that tour is kind of the biggest, biggest thing I've got going on mm-hmm. and then probably just playing a bunch of shows, honestly. And trying to write new music in between so that it doesn't take me three more years to make another record. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause this is like a full U S tour you're doing and everything, right? Yeah. Going out to the East coast and then, um, coming back and then doing down the West coast. Wow. That's so awesome. Is, is this your first full U S tour or have you done some? Um, I've done a few before, but this is the, the, I think this is the longest one that's mm-hmm. all been in one chunk. Usually it's been in like a little bit smaller chunks than this. Oh, cool. So that'll be exciting for you to, to really see it all. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Are there any stops that you're like really excited to go on? Um, I love it all. I love, I love going across the country. I love going to the East Coast. I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. I love, um, Chicago's like a good, especially special city to me because I feel like you're driving through the Midwest mm-hmm. and like then all of a sudden you get to Chicago and it's a, it's a dream and it's a real city and it's like <laughs> <laughs> um I also I like Austin a lot mm-hmm. I love going to LA I have a lot of friends there um 
yeah, I'm excited for it all. That's so awesome. Well, I'm excited for you to get on the road and have more people check out your music and really get into the new record. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, it's been so awesome talking to you, Robin. Where can everybody keep up with you and follow all things Lisa Frank on the internet? Um, I have, uh, they can go to Lisa Frank on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or anything. And my record is going to be out on Father Daughter Records. So their website has all the stuff too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining Robin. Everybody, please check out this awesome record. Thank you so much for having me and for such thoughtful questions. They say love is a flower. I've heard love is a ghost. Maybe love is the way. When we're home Maybe love is one moment Sometimes love is a bomb I say love is the job Everyone
heard Lisa Prank. Thank you so much to Robin for joining me and sharing so much about what goes into her music, the personal connections, and the friends that support her. Every detail is just so cool. And how neat is it that I was able to see Lisa Prank perform years ago in Chicago, um, right around adult teen time, and to see Robin's just growth and how much she's doing with her music now is just so cool. And yeah, hopefully I'll get to see her play at some point because truly Lisa Prank is an incredible act. And you know what? Please be sure to buy and support Perfect Love Song, available now on Father Daughter Records. Awesome artist, awesome label. Just give your extra money to these incredible folks. They are working their asses off and deserve all the support. So that's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of your podcast? Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, please visit anchorgirlmusic.com. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at anchorgirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Till next time, stay angry and share your personal meaningful experiences on your terms because you can make some really awesome stuff out of it. Talk to you next week. Breakfast making